everybody, this is Chris Brandt. Welcome back to another Future Tech video. Now I get asked about my gear all the time. So I thought as the year winds down, this would be a good time to give an update on what I am currently using. The list of stuff is long, but I wanted to highlight some of the things that really helped me produce this channel, and I'll put a more comprehensive list in the notes for this show below. I also want to note that some of these links are affiliate links, which doesn't cost you anything, but does give a little bit back to the channel sometimes. So this is where the magic happens. This is my view of the podcast. This is all the gear that I'm looking at when I'm actually making the podcast. It's a little bit messier on my end than it is on the end that uh, you view from the camera. So the first thing I want to talk about is lighting. And lighting is perhaps one of the most important things to make your videos look really good. Now I'm working with a limited space here in my studio, so my choices reflect that. I'm also trying to make sure I'm creating a pleasing, soft, natural looking light that takes away some of these old man wrinkles. So first off, we need to talk about colors of light. Now white light isn't all the same. And there's different colors of white light and they're referred to by their color temperatures. And what we call daylight balanced usually falls in the 5,600 degrees Kelvin range, while light from an incandescent lamp would be in the 3,200 degrees Kelvin range and have a more yellowish color like what I have in the background there. Now I use daylight balance lights for lighting the subject, me, and I use 3200 degree Kelvin lights in the background to warm things up and give separation. Now there are three primary types of lights I use. COB lights like these, panel lights like this newer one, and that's what I use up here as a uh, rim light, and ring lights like these. As the name implies, the light is in a ring and the camera usually sits in the middle. Because the light is directly in front of you, it flattens shadows and tends to give you a high key fashion look. Now you can tell when people are using these because they have a ring highlight reflecting in their eye. Panel lights are great for tight spaces, but you need to put a lot of diffusion in front of them to get a soft look, or you need to move them far away from the subject. Diffusion or distance is the way to soften light. The further away a light is from the subject, the softer it is. Now the lights that I'm currently using are COB, which stands for chip on board. These have a larger central light source that behaves more like traditional lights. Now the light I'm using is the Aperture Amran 100D, which produces great consistent light while being compact and affordable. To soften the light, I'm using an Aperture Light Dome Mini, which gives you great diffusion in a very small package. Now Aperture offers an incredible range of light products and they have recently been introducing lights like the 100D that are more affordable options of their more expensive professional lights. Now I'm using a three-point lighting setup here with a key light, a side fill, and a rim light to help create separation from the subject to the background. So this is what my lighting setup looks like with just the key light on. And this is what it looks like when I just add the side fill. So now I've added in the rim light so you can see how this creates some separation for me from the background. So now I'm going to add in the background practical lights which make the background look a little nicer. And then I'm going to add in this background light that I have that creates a lot of separation and gives me a little bit of a halo around uh, my head. And by doing all this lighting, it gives you a more professional look. Like this hair light, it doesn't seem like much, but it can really make a big difference when you turn it on and off. And this particular lighting setup is the way I like it. it makes me look better, I think, but uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Next, let's talk about the camera. People are always asking me how I achieve that blurry background look that really sets me off from the background. And that is what we mean when we talk about depth of field. When we have shallow depth of field, only a small area is in focus at a time. 
Wide depth of field means that more area is in focus. When you use a webcam or your computer's camera, those lenses are designed to have a very wide depth of field, which keeps your background in focus and doesn't give you that blurry look. Now, the same is true with phone cameras, but now we've seen the rise of computational photography like they are using on the iPhones, which can identify the subject and put a blur on everything else, which is another way to achieve a blurred background, but it's not quite as good as doing it the right way. Now, depth of field is usually influenced by three things, focal length, aperture, and distance between the subject and the lens. I can describe focal length as the difference between wide angle and telephoto. Wider angle lenses have a wider depth of field, which means you don't get this kind of blurring. But there's another aspect that influences that, and that's the distance between the lens and the subject. And when I move in towards the lens, you can see that the background gets even blurrier. And the further back, more of it comes into focus. So as a general rule, the closer you get to the lens, the shorter the depth of field. Now, the last part that influences that soft background is aperture, which is often referred to as the speed of the lens. This is the F value that's listed on a lens. The higher the number, the less depth of field you're gonna have. Unfortunately, the lower that value, the higher the price. So I'm still shooting with a Canon EOS R camera, which remains a great value. And I have a bunch of lenses for it, but when I'm doing the podcast, I use the RF 35 F 1.8 macro. This works well in my space and gives me great depth of field. In fact, it is sometimes too much and I have to stop down to 2.2 to keep my whole face in focus. Now there are a lot of great cameras to choose from, but what I would say to someone who's looking to invest in a camera is to invest in the lenses and not the camera body. Lenses will last you a lot longer than the camera body and you often spend more money on them over time. Now I might get a lot of hate for this, but I think there are only two camera systems I would invest in at this time, Canon or Sony. Now I've invested in Canon, but I think that Sony probably has more momentum in the market right now and has some great options with their E-series lenses. I wanna talk about my microphone because it's big and it draws a lot of attention. I'm using the Shure SM7B, which is a legendary broadcast mic. It can be a bit expensive and you need to use a preamp and an audio interface to use it. So that can be a little bit much for some people. Now Shure has another great option that's loosely based on the SM7B, but is more affordable and it comes in a USB option as well. And that is the Shure MV7. Now, another option that's even more affordable is the Shure SM58, which is one of the most common live vocal mics of all time. Doesn't look fancy, but it sounds great. And they're only about a hundred bucks. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that we have switched off of the Zoom platform. Zoom got us through a lot of interviews, but it was really frustrating to work with. The video format was not good. We'd be subject to constant dropouts and garbled video and audio. And so what we have switched to is Riverside.fm. And the way Riverside.fm works is it records everybody locally and then uploads that local recording in the background to the cloud where everyone can have access to the video files. Riverside's already saved my bacon tons of times when the uh, internet connection on one of the guests or myself or whoever might drop out or gets just get really sluggish and create really bad video. Um, I always have good video to work with and that has saved me a lot of hassle. There's obviously a whole lot more to it, but those are the basics of what I use. And I will put a comprehensive list below for you to look through. And I will probably do some more videos on some of the other details in the future. Hopefully this was helpful. 
Thanks for watching. And if you like what you saw, give us a like and think about subscribing and I will see you in the next video.